Hi, and welcome back to Hush Loudly. I'm Jerry Bingham, and we're here talking about all things introverted. Uh, today in the studio, we are joined by my guest, Margaret Izzard Osui from Peacock Voices, who will share a little information that I think is good not only for introverts, but also for extroverts in how you use your voice. So, Margaret, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and about Peacock Voices? Oh, wow. Well, thank you for having me today. Uh, So Peacock Voices, our goal is to help people learn, explore, and own their authentic speaking voices so that they can be more effective and efficient communicators in the workforce and in their lives. And how we do this is I am a classically trained opera singer, as are all of our coaches. And we've taken the techniques that opera singers use to be master communicators on stage and And we have reduced them into exercises within the spoken voice so that people can learn the art of storytelling and communicating without needing to have these degrees as opera singers. Um, I want to just jump right into um, (laughs) Margaret and I have had some sessions. Um, I want to tell a story about how when I was... I was working at a company, and I know I have a softer voice, um, And but we were in a small conference room. It was six vice presidents and the president, and whatever we were talking about, we were talking about the strategic plan and the vision and mission and all of these things, and so I said... So the vision is supposed to be aspirational. The vision is something that we aspire to. And people like shook their heads like, yeah, uh uh-huh. And then there was a facilitator as well. And then maybe four minutes after me, a white male who had a deeper, stronger voice, he said, we should call it an aspirational plan. And I was like, I just said that. So, and it's like the room erupted. It's like he had just cured the care for, discovered the cure for cancer. And I was blown away. And I thought, is it my voice? Is it my being female? You know, what is it? But I thought that my voice was part of the problem there. It could have been other things with gender and all the, with the white male. It's, it's no telling what it could have been. But that bothered me. And Margaret and I talked about that. And she gave me some strategies on how I should say things to and, the, and how they land. Um, and we'll get into that. And so I just wanted to tell that story because you reminded me of it as you were talking in your intro. So first, First, let me ask you, Margaret, are you an introvert? 100%. How did you know or when did you come to this realization? Uh, honestly, it was because my mother made me take Myers-Briggs. and Your I was mother's brilliant. As far over on the I scale as you could be. <laughs> Do you remember so, like around how old you were? I was a teenager. See, I love that because it didn't have meaning for me until I was in my 20s and had a Myers-Briggs at a company that I worked. But I wish I had known earlier. So cheers to your mom for (laughs) for doing that and helping you identify that and talk about your strengths and everything you needed to hear as a teenage introvert. Uh, So let's go back to Peacock Voices. Uh, how, How do you train people to use their voices at work? 
or, you know, is, is, tell us what you do with Peacock Voices and your clients. Yeah, well, it's all client specific, right? So not every human has the same desired goal and not every human comes to us with the same needs. And so really, we actually interview every single client we work with before we sign any contracts or get anything on the books to make sure that what we provide is something that they actually need. And then depending on the needs of the client, we tailor our work. So if somebody comes to us and says, I'm soft-spoken and I'm having a hard time having my ideas heard, which we get a lot. Then what we say is we go through and we say, okay, what are the vocal attributes that make people sit up and listen? So what does research tell us that says, okay, this is something that sounds like leadership. This is something that sounds charismatic. This is something that sounds powerful. And then we kind of teach people those vocal characteristics. And it can be anything from tone, resonance. So I can change my resonance and talk like this. Or I could change my resonance and talk like this. It's a little silly. But um, <laughs> but you can play with your resonance and how colorful and non-colorful your sound is. You can talk about aspiration, how much excess air is in your sound. That sounds sexy. Yeah. That's, That's a sexy voice. <laughs> it's like the Marilyn Monroe, like, yeah. happy birthday. Breathy, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but not great if you're trying to take control of a boardroom, right? Absolutely not. So, um, so kind of playing with those characteristics. And so what are the things that will make you a commanding presence in the way that you want to be? So if you want to be a really powerful leader or really charismatic or, you know, all of these things, what invites those reactions to people's sounds? And so that's what we do. I think this is so great, especially for introverts, because I think probably many extroverts already have it or they have that charisma and that gift of gab. So it's easy. They don't have to think about it. But for us introverts or some of us, I'll say it may be a little more challenging. So you talked about leadership and charisma. Can you give us an example? Like how is the voice for leadership or how is the voice for charisma or how do you guide your clients to get there? Yeah, absolutely. So if we're thinking about leadership, I can make a couple adjustments to how I'm speaking with you that are going to change how you interact with me in this space. I feel it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel right? It. So adjustments I made were how I use silence shifted. My pitch got a little bit lower. So we know in kind of Western culture, lower frequencies command that sense of leadership in a way that higher frequencies don't. But there are also ways to build out your sound. So even if you don't lower pitch, it sounds lower. So that's something we work a lot, especially with our sysfem clients. Um, and so I played with rhythm. I played with my pitch. I played with my resonance. I played with my cadence, how long the phrases were, how short the phrases are, et cetera, uh, line, all of those things. And then for charisma, if you're looking to be super charismatic and like, hey, how are you, right? We're looking for a lot of inflection. This is something that comes off as super personable and super charismatic. And so then what if you combine that leadership with that charisma and then you have a charismatic leader? You just showed us that so brilliantly, and it was just so easy for you to do that. Um, how is it? How do you work with your with your clients in that way? 
Yeah, so we have exercises that we've created that isolate these various techniques. It's not like, okay, you show up and now do these things. There's a, <laughs> there's kind of a method to the madness. So the first thing we do is talk about breathing and how breath is really the key factor in all sound making. And then we move from there into resonance, helping people explore their own resonance options and kind of figure out where they want to settle as a choice. A lot of us grew up in cultures and spaces where we were making our vocal decisions based on the sounds that are surrounding us, right? And so you sound like your parents, you sound like your siblings. Accents are a great example of this. Yes. You go to different regions, there are different accents. If you're surrounded by an accent, you'll pick it up. So basically we try and separate out what is from nurture and instead say, you get to make the choice. Right. It's not just something that happens to you. It's something you have control over. So then we work on that. And then depending on the goals of the client, we go through different situations. When we work with entrepreneurs, what are VC firms looking for? OK, let's talk about those. And each task or each attribute we have, we have exercises that support that. And then clients can practice in between sessions. And typically the goals are work-related. So what are typical goals that your clients have? What are they trying to achieve? Yeah, so a lot of our clients are looking for the elusive executive presence. We get this one a lot, whether someone's in a leadership program or they just got a promotion or were passed up for the promotion because of executive presence, this thing that you have to find, right? And sound is so important and so vital behind how people interact with you. So we work a lot with executive presence. We do work quite a bit with entrepreneurs who are looking to get funding, who are looking to kind of build their businesses. So what are ways that can help you sell better with your voice? What are vocal attributes that will make you more attractive and appealing from a sales perspective? Always through this lens of maintaining your identity and your authenticity. I love that. And it's not confidence, right? It's, you know, well, I guess well, my question is, these people already obviously have what it takes or they feel they have what it takes to hold this executive role, to do this but you're just helping give tools to help them showcase Correct. differently. I okay. had a, a client say to me once, I need no help with my ideas. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, you're right. <laughs> I love that. Um, and it really is just making sure that what's going on in your brain can be received. Because when we speak, it's not for us to say, it's for the people listening to understand and internalize. Right. So how can you say so that, how can you speak so that those who you want to have understand and internalize can most easily and effectively and efficiently get that information and use it? Mm -hmm. So yeah, confidence is definitely something that's a byproduct of doing this work. I think anytime you get to know your body and feel like you have more control over your body, confidence comes out of that. But actually, the goal of what we do is to separate emotions from how you use your voice. So when you're nervous, it doesn't matter because you have the tools in place to sound the way you want to sound. If you're angry, it doesn't matter. You have the tools to sound calm mm -hmm. if you're right. And so this gives you control and separates emotion from communication. Not that you should be like non-emotional, mm -hmm. but it allows you to make that choice. Have you ever had anyone who maybe said that they were 
told that they sound angry or told that they sound a certain way? And how did you guide them and tell walk us through that? Yeah, I am. Um, and did you hear it? So when you first talked to them, did you hear what they were saying or... That's a great question. (laughs) Yeah. So sometimes I do um, and sometimes I don't. But I think also it's because I listen differently. Right. Um, I'm able to parse out this is just a speech pattern versus this is intention. Um, And so there are times when I've had people say that like I've had clients come to me and say I'm coming off as brusque or I'm coming off as aggressive or I'm coming off as intimidating and so in those instances a lot of it has to do with one what's your gender identity because that's going to change kind of how we look at that Mm -hmm. the second thing is going to be you know um, what is your existing speech pattern what are the attributes that are making you sound angry and so for women, that looks very different than it does for men, what comes off as as aggressive and angry. So we'll do certain things that make your speech pattern more appealing. But again, um, I'm especially when it's a cultural thing or a gender thing, I'm, I'm not interested in erasing people's identity. We do not do that at all. We celebrate the individual. So I'm not interested in taking out stuff that is a part of who you are. Instead, we just kind of stretch it and show different ways. So maybe that's adding a little bit longer of a line Mm -hmm. instead of things being really rhythmic, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe we're creating a longer cadence. Maybe we're having longer vowels instead of shorter vowels, right? Maybe it has to do with volume or your resonance, how much aspiration is in your sound if you're looking to de-escalate, allow people to feel safer, more comfortable, right? Maybe your volume plus your pitch. So it's very person-specific. This is so amazing. So how did you come up with this idea? Um, so I started doing this work because I was fortunate enough to get to work with members of the transgender and non-binary community doing gender-affirming speech work. Hmm. And when I was doing that, I started getting all of these really high-powered women come into my studio. Women who worked at VC firms, entrepreneurs, C-suite executives, just these really, really high-powered, big-brained, beautiful-minded human beings. And I realized that my favorite part of the work I was doing was not the gender-affirming side of the work, but actually it was the work afterwards. It was, how do you stand up in a room of white men at a VC firm and still have your ideas heard? Mm -hmm. How do you pitch to a new client and still maintain your identity? Because the tools to win change with your gender, right? Mm. Change with that identity shift. So how do you do that while maintaining your authenticity? And then I just kind of looked around and thought to myself, well, everybody needs this. (laughs) And so that's kind of how we were born. And then I just started talking about it with friends and people started coming to me. And then eventually I asked my business partner if she'd be willing to launch in on this new adventure and that's how we were born that's miss cassidy shout out to cassidy yes can you go back to gender affirming work Mm -hmm. i want to hear more about that so as you transition explain that the work that you were doing 
Yeah, so depending on your gender identity, there are speech patterns that are associated with that. So for a traditionally feminine sound, you're looking for a higher pitch frequency, right? You're looking for these longer, more melodic lines. You're looking for inflection, this very, maybe even a little bit of aspiration. Okay, Marilyn. Yeah, forward forward resonance, (laughs) right? Yeah, exactly. It's that like hyper feminine sound. Mm -hmm. For a traditionally masculine sound, it's going to be more... Rhythmic, volume-oriented, lower pitch, less inflection. Uh, these are extremes, by the way. <laughs> I'm not characterizing this as like no. all women and all men. These great examples. But yeah, and so as you're transitioning, you know, you can look, you know, exactly the way you want to look. But if you open your mouth and your sound doesn't match your the way that you look, yeah. that's going to be confusing, right? And that also doesn't help with your own sense of self and and all of that. And so basically the work that I was doing was trying to match that so that people could be authentic through their voice just as much as in their appearance. And how did you even start there? How, you know, it's, I feel like it's more to this story. Yeah, I got so lucky. So I'm in this operatic improv sketch comedy group uh, filled with the most brilliant and funny and talented women I know. And one of the women in that group was a co-founder of a school that basically specializes in this work. It's run by Liz Jackson Hearns. Alexandra Plato Solik is my contact, the person who brought me in. And that's work that they do at the voice lab and i'm gonna do a shout out to the voice lab because it's an incredible incredible place um they do amazing work there they do gender affirming singing speech they have instruments it's a really special music school and so they brought me in and that's how i got into that world have you ever worked with you know so broadway and you know performing arts And these people have these beautiful voices, but they also act. Have you ever worked with anybody with their voices there? Yeah. So um, as like a singing teacher, I've worked with professional singers. But my dream with speech is really to create equity through the human voice. And I love and respect the art so much, but a professional singer is not the person that needs my help to move the needle the way that we're looking to move the needle, mm-hmm. right? You're talking the moving from 99.5 to 99.6 from a speech perspective if you're working with somebody on Broadway um, because their understanding of their voices are so powerful. I wouldn't say no, but mm-hmm. really we're looking to work with people who have never realized they have access to this. Mm-hmm. And then how can we give you that control and that power so that you can make change in your sphere. And so we're looking at communities that don't have as much access to their voice and what their voice can do. That would be nice if you could go into schools, you know, even start. Have you done that at a young age? I mean, in my dream world, this happens in kindergarten and you go to gym class and then you learn how to use your voice. That would be so nice. It would be It does kind of baffle me that, you know, you learn how to use your body in school and you learn how to use your mind in school, but nobody teaches you how to use your primary communicator, your voice, Um, music. And it's not music. What we do is not music. What we do is truly communication. So it wouldn't belong in a music class. And it's interesting to me that, that this is something that's kind of been skipped over, but we're trying to plug that hole. 
Yeah. And we met because I don't know if you were doing something. So Kimberly Rudd, I don't know. You were speaking somewhere or you were some, I don't know where you were. I don't know what kind of event it was, but I know she connected us. And so I wonder, do you go out and talk to different organizations and tell them about what you do and how's that? Yeah, so we do a lot of workshops, uh, and okay. we do workshops for corporations, for startups, for okay. nonprofits. I'm doing a presentation in two weeks for a very cool nonprofit that supports people who are transitioning from being incarcerated into back into normal everyday civilian life and so how you use your voice if you're going to a job interview if you're looking for a loan that kind of thing yeah so we do a lot of different outreach workshops and we also like I said do workshops for companies and nonprofits that support people growing their businesses that kind of thing has there been anything that's been surprising in your workshops or even with your clients anything that you were just kind of shocked like oh wow with maybe the outcome or either what they asked for, what they needed? Yeah. I mean, I think that, so I have lived in this world surrounded by people who are totally in command of how they make sound and totally in command of how they communicate for so long that I think the thing that's the most shocking is just like watching that aha moment of, whoa, my body can do that. And a lot of times when it happens with somebody who just seems like so incredible, you know, they've got the job and they have the everything, right? And they're brilliant and all of this stuff. And then you see this moment where they're like, whoa, my body can do that. Mm-hmm. And that moment to me, it never gets old. It just is so invigorating to watch people. And it's always surprising to me because I've taken it for granted for so long. And so being able to experience that, um, it's an immense privilege and it's very humbling. But also it it still blows my mind every Mm -hmm. time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I know with me, you pointed out, and I don't know, I don't even know in the recording, but you recorded it so I could hear it later, how I raise my voice or I, at the end of a sentence, it kind of sounds like a question and you brought it to my attention. So I try to control that, but I know I don't always (laughs) win with that, but that was so interesting because it absolutely, I think makes me sound in a way that I may not want to sound. It depends on the situation because I think I learn how to use my voice where it helps me, but then also sometimes I think because it's soft and this and that, it does not help me. So that was great that you, you know, shed, shed light on that. Yeah, I mean, upspeak, which is when you finish phrases and sentences like this, it's a characteristic that's frequently attributed to women. I've had to work on upspeak with almost every client I've ever had. So I I think maybe we pay more attention to it when it comes from a woman's body. But but the reality is a lot of people utilize upspeak. It's a great tool. I mean, it makes people feel safer almost, right? If I'm trying to calm you down and I want to make sure that you feel like this is a space where, you know, I'm not attacking you and I'm right. And so all of a sudden it's a way to disarm what's going on. But the thing is that it's default for so many women now and so many people. And so uh, it's important to make sure that you're in control of your default settings and you want to make sure that that tool that's only for a very specific situation isn't the thing that you do when you're trying to 
you know, be seen as this leader or be seen as somebody who knows what they're doing because it does eventually make you sound confused. I want to put a caveat on that. There are certain accents that utilize upspeak, Australian accents, Irish accents, and that's a different ballgame. So we're just talking about America right now. Okay. Okay. And tell us what you talked about, how you would love to go and talk to kindergartners. What's next or what are, what's your vision for the future? What would you love to see happen with Peacock Voices? (laughs) Or who would you love to, you know, work with? Yeah, I mean, I've always had a really, I like, we love working with minority and women leaders. So whether you're an entrepreneur or you're wanting to move through in your career, this is the community that we're really interested in working with and facilitating um, the control that you get when you understand your voice uh, once you've learned that this work. And we do believe in this idea that voice and knowledge of voice use can create more equity in the world. And so that really is our target demographic. In my dream world, everybody learns this. It's in business schools. It's in, you know, training programs at big corporations. It's an offering that exists at these giant tech companies that give you, you know, dry cleaning services or whatever, right? It's one of those things that just considered a part of development as a member of the workforce. And then, you know, eventually it just becomes something that happens everywhere from a young age. Because imagine what would happen if kids, they say, use your voice to kids. Well, use your words, use your words. That's your inside voice, not your outside voice or whatever it is. Imagine if people grew up with the vocabulary to understand how they were saying things. If I say, hi, how are you? That means something completely different from, hi, how are you? Yes. Right? So imagine if we started at the beginning and kids had language and skills in order to understand when I say this this way, it means something else than if I say this this other way. Right? We need to get you in Chicago Public Schools. We need to get you everywhere, (laughs) Margaret. I would love that. (laughs) Anyone who's listening, uh, we need to work that out. I also wanted to ask about your clients. Do you find that they are, in terms of uh, demographics, uh, female, male? Are they pretty equal? Really? Yep, pretty equal. Would you think that, and I'm sure you don't know, but just your guessing about introverts and extroverts of Mm. your clients? I don't know this for a fact, but I think my guess would be just like thinking through personalities. The men that I work with tend to be on the introverted side Mm -hmm. and the women I tend to work with both. Um, But I wouldn't say there's one or the other. Um, I think that, yeah, I think that I get both on that side. Okay. And tell us, for those who are listening and want to get in touch with you and follow you and have you come to their school or their organization or hire you because they are trying to become a CEO or whatever, how can people get in touch with you and Peacock Voices? Yeah. So you can visit our website at www.peacockvoices.com. You can also email us at hello at Peacock Voices and follow us on LinkedIn. Okay, thank you, Margaret, for joining us today on Hush Loudly on CAN-TV. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me.